If you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter one. We just got one verse uh, for this morning to start us out on our course today to lay a little bit of structure as we move forward this morning. This is what it says. For he has delivered us. For he has delivered. Someone shout delivered. From the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. Come on. He has delivered us from the dominion, from the domain of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. Father, we thank you for delivering us today. I thank you that right now in this moment, you're beginning to deliver those who need to be delivered, oh God. Even now, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would have your way in this place. I pray many people would be delivered by faith today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Before you're seated, hug three people. Tell them, say, be delivered by faith. Tell them, say, but delivered by faith, be delivered by faith. Well, Psalms 122 has really been on my heart a lot lately. And what it says is this, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of God. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of God. Are you glad to be in the house of a good God this morning? Come on. Are you glad to be in relationship with a good God to to put your faith in an all-knowing, all-powerful, good God? Come on. If you believe God is good, someone shout, God is good. good. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning community worship center. Uh, It's so good to to see each and every one of you, and we're glad that you decided, obviously, to join us today. And so look, we're we're in this series right now as a church titled Faith. Someone shout faith. Faith. Yeah. Learning what it means to, to walk by faith and not by sight, because this is what God desires for our life. Amen. And today, man, we're gonna we're gonna jump into a message titled Delivered by faith. <clears throat> delivered by faith. Now, before we, we hop into that message, I have one more announcement for you, okay? It's, it's actually an announcement of an announcement to come. <laughs> I know it sounds confusing, but, but this, is, this, is, this is what I mean. On Sunday, March 6th, okay, So Saturday, March 5th, you'll come for your membership class, amen. And then Sunday, March 6th, man, we've got an incredible announcement to make to the church. Um, And this is what I mean by, this is an announcement of announcement to come. Uh, Yeah, man, Sunday, March the 6th, man, I'm telling you, we've got an incredible announcement to make as a body. And, and listen, the reason, maybe you're thinking, like, why, why is he announcing that he's going to announce something? Well, well, well here, there's a reason for it. Um, see, research shows this. It shows this, that up to 40% of members don't show up to church on any given Sunday. Now, we, we've ran the numbers here, and, and what we typically have here at CWC is 20 to 30% of our members don't show up 
on every Sunday. Like, you know what I'm saying? And and so with that being the case, I wanna give everyone the opportunity, even those who are playing hooky today from church, right? Like, I wanna give them an opportunity to make sure that they're here with us on Sunday, March the 6th, man, because, man, we want everybody to be a part of this and to to hear this. Um, Yeah, and so hopefully this gets into our hearts and into our minds. Matter of fact, if you have your phone, go ahead, take it out. Come on, I know you guys got your phones. Let me see your phones. Jason, can I have your phone? I won't scroll through it. I I won't check your pictures. You know what? Actually, that might be the Lord. Everybody pass their phones up front. Let me, let me, uh uh-huh, you see real quick. Here, how do I get into it? You got your phones out? Everybody got their phones out? Let me see. I'm, not, I'm just going to look at your calendar, I promise. So there's a, a setting on your, on your calendar. If, if you've got an Android, I pray you're delivered to Apple soon. But, <laughs> but, but in there, you have a calendar. Go to March 6th, and I want you to mark a reminder where you put on that reminder, get my butt in church on March the 6th, A. Amen, amen. And I promise you this, you will not be disappointed with this announcement. You won't. You won't be disappointed. So, so look, the day is Sunday. The date is March 6th. So let me check with you. What's the day? March Sunday. Sunday. What's the date? March 6th. And listen, those of you who are watching online with us, man, please, you do the same thing. Mark your calendar, Sunday, March 6th. We're, we're gonna be announcing something very incredible and we're excited about it. We believe that God is wanting to use you online, our online community as well, to help us to fulfill the plan that God has put on our, our lives. And so, man, amen. I'm excited to announce that to you. I wanted to do it today, but, but couldn't do it today. Anyway, yeah, so look, <clears throat> The message that we're going to go into today, delivered by faith, is actually directly linked to the announcement that's about to take place. It's directly linked to it. Because look, we're going to have to be delivered by faith in order to walk in the purposes that God is calling us into. We're gonna have to be delivered by faith. And here's why, because where we're heading, we've, we've never been. We've never been there. We've never been where God is is leading us. Man, it's brand new territory that God is calling us as a body to take for his kingdom, to expand his kingdom in areas we haven't stepped foot in. But here's the good news. The Bible says that wherever the feet of the righteous shall tread, he will give them the land. Amen. And I believe it. I mean, I'm telling you, I speak it, I believe it by faith because God's word says it. I don't just come up with it. I don't just snatch stuff out of the air like, oh, I'm going to say that and get it. No, 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 no. The word of God. I turn to the word of God and whatever the word of God says that I can have as a son, as we can have as a people of God, I believe it. I speak it and I walk in it. And so we're going to need to be delivered by faith in order to take this new territory. Church, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. And listen, all that is super exciting, right? Like we're gonna take new land for you, Jesus. And super exciting, but it's also very, very sobering. Very sobering. Because this is what the apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter six, verse 12. 
for we do not battle against flesh and blood. See, we're all worried about battling with our neighbor, about our property line. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're worried about battling against the competition in our business. We're, we're worried about battling against our spouse even at times. But, but we don't battle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, meaning upper echelon demonic forces. Right? Those are principalities. We're, we're battling against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. This is what we are battling as the people of God. And see, the word of God is trying to prepare us for the things that will be attacking us, for the things that will try to oppress us, for the things that will try to actually possess us. In this Ephesians chapter 6 passage, Paul is simply telling us this. Realize there's a spiritual realm. And there's a spirit realm out there. And it's a realm that most most of us don't see most of the time. We don't. I'm not saying that there isn't people who God has opened their eyes in a certain way to be able to see angelic hosts and all those different things. I know there is. I've had a couple encounters in my life, and it's, it's amazing. But typically, we don't see these things taking place in the heavens. So, so we've got to be aware that there is a, a spirit realm. And, and in this spirit realm, there is good and there's evil. There's good and there's evil. See, on one side of the spirit realm, we have a good God. See, he's spirit. The Bible says that God is spirit and those that desire to worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth in order to touch him, in order to encounter him. They gotta be in the spirit to do that. They cannot be in the flesh because your flesh cannot make it to God. Amen. This is why the flesh and the spirit are constantly warring against one another to keep one another from having what it desires. The flesh desiring to to have what's of the flesh, but the spirit desiring to have what is of God. See, on one side of the spirit, we've got, a, we've got a good God. And you know, the Bible also says this, that God will give his angels charge over you concerning, concerning you to protect you. To protect you in all your ways, not just some of your ways, not just while you're in church. No, no, in all your ways. It also says that angels are ministering spirits sent to serve. Come on sent to serve those who have inherited salvation in Christ Jesus. That God sends them to minister to us and to our needs. And the word of God tells us, tells us this, that Jesus is the commander of the Lord's armies. Come on, that he is the captain of the Lord's hosts. And the Bible teaches that he will dispatch his angels to fight for us. That he'll send them to fight on our behalf in the spirit realm because we can't physically fist fight them. (laughs) Well, maybe sometimes, but sometimes we probably could. But for the most part, he's got to dispatch his angels in order to fight for us in the heavenly realm. But see, in order to get these angels dispatched for us through Jesus, we come humbly. 
We submit ourselves to his way and his will and his plan. And we seek his purpose for our lives, not our own purpose. This is when God shows up on our behalf. How amazing is that? That he'll dispatch angels to fight for us. Did, did you know this? Did you know this? every single Sunday we have people praying for us? For our church right now. I mean, they're, they're not only praying before, they're praying during service. They're, they're praying for us right now. And, and they're praying that God will release his spirit upon this body. That's what they're praying. They're praying, God, send your Holy Spirit to touch your people. See, see Jesus also says this, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on this earth is loosed in the heavenly places. And so we have these people praying every single Sunday. Matter of fact, they're praying most days, every day. And, and they're, they are using the keys to the kingdom. They're binding and they're loosening. They are binding the schemes of the enemy. They're binding traps that the enemy is setting before us. They're binding these things so that we would be free to come in to feel the the, the presence of God, to, to hear the word of God. They're loosening the spirit of God, but they're binding the enemy. It's amazing. Now, now look, look, now we have recently ramped up these efforts. We've spent all week going through this stuff, actually, because we feel like there's an urgency in our spirit for it. And we've ramped up this effort of prayer and fasting and going after God and beginning to bind what the enemy's trying to do in the land because I don't know if you, you, you recognize, we're in the last days. And in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. Even the elect will be deceived. Who, who are they gonna be deceived by? The enemy. And so we've ramped up these efforts because the enemy's ramped up his efforts. And because we're beginning to take New territory for Jesus. We're, we're beginning to do that. And it's, it's, it's amazing to see how God is orchestrating and moving and placing and shifting pieces on the board for us to, to let us know it's him. Amen. Confirming it time and time again. And it's, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Now look, the, the reason we, we need to know about the spirit realm and what's taking place there is not to be fearful of it. For God to give us a spirit of fear, but of power. See, we got the spirit of power. We don't got the spirit of fear. We, we, don't, we don't fear any of it, but we need to be aware of it. We need to be. We need to be aware of it. And we've got people praying that God would release his, his angelical hosts to come and, and strengthen us. See, right now, whether we're aware or not, God has his angels encamped all around this building right now. Right now, he has his angels watching guard over you and over me. You know why? Because we've prayed. <laughs> because we've prayed. We've prayed. See, Psalms chapter 34, verse 7 says this The angels of the Lord encamp themselves. They encamp themselves. They sit themselves around those who fear God. And they will deliver them. And they will deliver them. See, see, God has angel armies ready and prepared to fight the forces of darkness on our behalf. This is, this is what, what's going on in the heavens. And our prayers, our prayers put the angels to flight. 
It puts angels to flight so that they will fight on our behalf. The Bible says this, one can put a thousand to flight. One can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. How cool is that? That's how powerful our prayers can be when we come into agreement, where two or three are gathered. He is in the midst, where two or three on the earth touch and agree about anything. They shall have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one praying, super powerful, man. Man, our prayers are powerful by themselves. They are, but when two begin to pray... (laughs) When you've got a building full of people beginning to pray and coming into one accord and a one mind, they're touching and they're agreeing. There's tens of thousands of angels released on their behalf from heaven and they take flight. And God commands them to fight for us and protect us. See, we've got to be a people who are praying that God would show up and show out. Not, not a people who think, oh, well, we got it. We're cool. We, yeah. No, 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 no. God, we need you. Lord, we need you. We have to understand that there is a, a spirit realm out there. We've got to be aware of this and how to fight against this. See, in the spirit, there is, there's God, but there's, there's also, there's the enemy. One side, you've got a good God. The other side, you've got a, a wicked devil. You do. And see, the enemy has angels working for him as well, by the way. The Bible calls them fallen angels. There was a third of them that got swept out of heaven when the enemy tried to come against God and his host. And so now they're called fallen angels, which the Bible refers to them as demons or evil spirits. That's what they're called. And see, Satan will dispatch them on their mission as well, trying to stop the purpose and the plans of God. And see, because God has chosen us for a purpose to fulfill his plan. This is why the demons and the evil spirits try to come after us, try to oppress us, try to possess us. That's, that's what they're actively trying to do. Because they desire to stop us in hopes to stop God from fulfilling his plan. But little do they know and little do they understand that nothing stops the plans of God. His plans will always come to pass. No, no matter what, but we can decide to partner with him to be a part of his plan on the earth. Yeah. See, see, God has chosen humanity for his glory. This is why we're created in the image of God because he's chosen us for his glory. And the enemy is actively trying to to take us out, to seek us, to oppress us and and to possess us. Peter says it this way in 1 Peter chapter 5. He says, your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone, anyone whom he may devour. Anyone who isn't praying and pressing into God and going after Jesus with everything that is within them. They are susceptible to the schemes of the enemy. Jesus says it like this in John 10, 10. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. This is what he is desiring to do. Again, the word of God warning us, trying to to reveal to us that there's there's a spirit realm. There is. And it's in the spirit realm that the battles are fought and won. It's there, not not here. It's there. See, one of the the greatest tricks the enemy has perpetrated on mankind 
is, is causing so many people to believe he's not even real. To not believe in demons, to not believe in any of that, to say, I really don't want to talk about it. It's a little, it's a little weird like this. But that's his greatest trick. But see, the Bible is, is very crystal clear. I mean, it's literally crystal clear. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter four, we find Jesus himself having a confrontation with Satan himself. And listen, we, we, we can't think that this is just Jesus having this internal struggle with his inner man, with his sinful flesh, because Jesus didn't have a sinful flesh. He didn't have the sin nature. Now, was he tempted in every way that we are except was it without sin? Yes, but he was not born from the seed of man, which always produces an heir of sin. He wasn't. He was born from the seed of the Holy Spirit. Born from the seed of God. So he never had this internal struggle like you and I have. He didn't. He didn't, he didn't have it. Now he was tempted, but was without sin. But because he was born of the seed of God and not the seed of, of man, he didn't have this internal struggle with himself as he was walking through this life. And so this account in Matthew chapter four is very clear. It's an actual conversation taking place before the son of God and the enemy right on the earth. It was an actual battle that was happening between good and evil. And see, at, at every turn, Jesus stops the enemy from oppressing him or possessing him because believe me, he was desiring to have the son of God offering him all this stuff on the earth. But at every turn, Jesus stopped him and defeated him. How? By the word of God. Every time. Why? Because the word of God is true. The word of God has the authority over all the enemy schemes. Over every one of them. See, see the, the enemy is, is, is real. He's real. He's a, a spirit being. And because he is a being, he can possess and oppress those who, who aren't close to God, who aren't going after God. He can even oppress those who are. And he tries often, believe me. And we see throughout scripture, right? Everywhere that Jesus went on this earth, he was casting out demons. Everywhere. All, all of Jesus' miracles was coming from a place of casting out demons. Matter of fact, it says in Luke chapter 13 that, that he went throughout all the land and the region, healing the sick and casting out demons. That's what he was doing. Because demons are, are real. And they have to be dealt with. And they oppress and they possess. We gotta be aware of them, but man, we gotta know. We gotta know how to stop them. We gotta know how to, how to stand firm in our faith, opposing them. So you see, deliverance, listen to me, to be delivered, it's, it's offensive, it's not defensive. The body of Christ has to stop playing defense and start stinking playing offense. Sitting in our chairs, not moving. It's like a football game. We come into the huddle, we get the play, but then we just sit down. Do you want to score a touchdown? Get in there and run the play. Just do the play. Get on offense and let's stop being on defense. But the demons, demons are real. And the reason we can go on offense is because greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this, this world. 
But man, we gotta go on offense and stop playing so much defense as the church. Yeah. Demons are coming to try to oppress and possess the people of the land. And you know what else you see throughout scripture as well? You also see this, that on many instances in the scriptures, people would come to Jesus for healing. Whatever that healing may be, they would come to him and ask him for healing. You know the first thing he did? On a lot of them, he cast out demons. And the moment he cast the demon out of them, they were healed. They were healed. What's that say? That say that demons, when they come to oppress or possess, they will bring with them an affliction of a disease. That's what they do. That's what they'll do. And so, man, we've, we've got to be aware of it. Matter of fact, I'll prove it to you. Matthew chapter 17. In Matthew chapter 17, what we see is this, this little boy. And he has seizures. And the dad, right? The dad was so desperate for his healing. So he goes and finds the disciples of Jesus. And he brings this little boy to these disciples. To Peter and all of them. But nothing, no, nothing happened. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't cure him. The dad's like, I need, I need healing for him. I need, I need healing. But they couldn't heal him. And so, again, the dad, super desperate for his son's healing, runs to find Jesus this time. He goes to the source. <laughs> I love that. Do you know Jesus is the source? You don't have to go through anyone at any time. You go straight to him. You don't got to come to me, ask me to pray for you. I'll pray for you, but you don't need me. You got a direct line to the king. Got your own line to him. Use it. But they come and they, he finds Jesus and he tells Jesus, he says, hey, 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 your disciples could not, could not heal my son. And what's happening to my son is when he, when he has these seizures come upon him, it, it seizes him and throws him into the fire. Then it takes him and throws him into the water and trying to drown him. Ultimately, Jesus, it's trying to kill him, these, these seizures. And I took him to your disciples, but your disciples couldn't heal him. Jesus turns around, he looks at the disciples. He says, oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. How much longer do I have to deal with you? Like, man, Jesus, how you really feel? <laughs> like, what's he saying to me right now? <laughs> oh, ye of little faith. In other words, what Jesus is simply saying this is this boy can be delivered by faith. He can be delivered by faith because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. But because you have little faith, this kid could not be delivered by faith because you had little faith. And Jesus looks at the dad and says, bring the the boy to me, bring him to me. And Jesus doesn't begin praying for healing. Jesus cast out a demon. That's what he did, cast out the demon. And the Bible says the demon left immediately when Jesus rebuked him. And then the boy was made perfectly whole. Completely made well. Showing us that demons can cause sickness. But you know what else it's it's showing us, which is is more important? More important is how how we defeat this demon, that we have power and authority over them. See, if we recognize they exist, but we don't understand that we have power and authority over them in Christ Jesus, well, then the fear starts to creep in. Then we begin to be focused on on the spirit realm and on the bad end of things instead of fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So we need to know we've got authority over them. 
We have to realize that no weapon formed against us shall prosper in his name. It's amazing. But see, what happens a lot of times is a lot of Christians don't, don't believe any of this. Or, or at very least, they ignore it. They just ignore it. So, so they think that, oh, I'm sick just because I'm sick. Not even thinking for a moment, wait a minute, this may be demonic. Oh, hold up a second. The enemy met, the enemy's trying to come against me and my family, and I bind you, you worthless devil. They don't do that. Instead, they, they just call a doctor to get a pill. Call a doctor to get a pill. Call a doctor to get another pill. Let, let, let's just... How often do we do this? See, instead of the church taking the lead in this with sickness, with all these other ailments, instead of us taking the lead, we follow the world's lead. That's what we do. And we just mimic what they're, what they're doing, which is never God's intent for us to follow them. They're to follow us right to Jesus. Amen. Now, now look, am I saying this, that every single sickness is a result of a demon, a direct attack from a demon? No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is this, we better be asking for the spirit of discernment so that we know whether or not it's a demon or not. That's what we better know. Because you can take all the pills you want to take, but if it's a demon, they ain't going nowhere. It'll just strengthen them. It will just give them authority, more authority over you if you start that garbage. It's just the truth. And I'll tell you what I am saying. I will guarantee you this, that more times than we think, it is a demon. More times than we think, trying to afflict us, trying to oppress us and stop us from fulfilling our purpose. And so look, when we're sick, the very first thing we need to do is pray. The very first thing, not run to the doctor. That, that, that's what the world does. See, 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 we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're not of it. And, and you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this, how, how actually though, when we pray, we are making a call. We're just not calling a doctor. We're calling the great physician, right? Like, so we are making a call, but let's shift it from, I got to call somebody with an MD and call the one who is the king. Let, let me do that first. Let me start there and see what the Lord will do. Man, when we, when, we, when we get the flu, we need to be praying to be delivered by faith. Man, I do it every time now, man, when I get sick. I bind you in Jesus' name. You, you can't stay here. You're not allowed to make me sick and stop me from the purpose God has called me to. We get COVID, we need to be praying. God, I bind that in Jesus' name. I, I spoke about this multiple times to you. Listen, it is political in nature, demonic by design. So you have authority over COVID-19 in Jesus' name. I'm just telling you. God spoke it so clearly to me. I'm telling you. God spoke it so clearly. It was like an audible voice from heaven when he said it. Man, if, 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 if cancer becomes to afflict our bodies, we need to bind it in Jesus' name and lose healing in Jesus' name. I've watched God clean people completely cleansed of, of cancer on multiple occasions, of brain tumors on multiple occasions, of tumors in the face that was there one moment, we pray and the next moment it's gone. It's not there, it's, it's gone. Big lump, no lump, wow. Right after we prayed because it was a demon afflicting them, coming against them. And let me, let me be clear about something. Sickness has always originated with the enemy, always. 
always. So it started there. And if it started there, that means I'll go there. I'll go to the root and take back what God has, has called me to take back, take back what the enemy has stolen from me. That's mine. Healing is mine because Jesus says this, by my stripes, you were healed. Past tense, we are healed. Not just we are, we were healed because of the stripes that Jesus bore for us. Man, we, we've got to start as the church going on the offense, taking back these things that the enemy stole and help people become delivered by faith. And you know what I find a lot of time is, is one of the things that's really prevalent right now in our society is mental illness. And it's, it's tragic. It's so sad. We see these kids and hurting themselves and doing all this, all this other stuff because of mental illness, whether that be depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, whatever, bipolar disorder, whatever it is. Listen, that is attack from the enemy. That thing originated from the enemy. I promise you that. And we need to, to be delivered by faith from those things. We've got to understand that, man. We, we must believe that in Jesus' name, we have authority over those things and start binding them and loosening them. See, in this Matthew 17 passage, this all takes place. Jesus heals the little boy, cast out the demon, which heals the little boy from his ailment, from his affliction. After that, I love the disciples because they're actually really good because they come to Jesus and say, why? So, so you could do it, Jesus. You delivered the boy. You were able to cast out the demon. Why couldn't we? Jesus gives us a blueprint. He said, because that kind can only come out with prayer and fasting. That's how you can pray and someone be delivered by faith because you are praying and fasting and believing me. See, we need to be aware that the enemy exists, but we also need to be aware that we can be delivered by faith and that we can be a conduit that God will use us to deliver others by faith. That we've got more authority than any enemy, than any devil, than any demon in Christ Jesus because he said so. And Jesus tells us right there how to defeat the enemy. He says, prayer and fasting. That's how you do it. If you wanna be delivered by faith, if you wanna see others around you delivered by faith, then we need to be a people who live a fasted lifestyle. A lifestyle of prayer is what we need to be. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus tells us that, that when you fast or when you pray, not if, not if you feel like it, not if it feels good, it never feels good, by the way. I've been fasting many years. It never feels good. Would I say it gets easier? Yeah, I would say it gets easier because you, you, you see how in your fasting, God visits you in extreme ways, absolutely extreme ways because you're ridding your flesh of yourself. You're saying, flesh, you can't have food. And boy, does it toil and fight and scream. It gets easier. It's never easy, but it gets easier because you realize what God does through it and it's worth it. You say, I'll count the cost of the hunger pains and the, the nausea and the dizziness and kind of feeling outside of my mind because I haven't ate for days. Like, I'll put up with that in order to touch the hem of your garment, Jesus. Even if I can get a moment with you, just a moment, everything in my life changes. 
Just a moment. So God, I will spend my time praying and fasting. Matthew chapter six, Jesus says, hey, when you pray, when you fast, he gives instructions. Why? He says, do these. Why? Because he knows it's one of our greatest weapons against the enemy, against the forces of darkness. You see, last week in in church, I'm, I'm telling you, I felt this urgency that was literally overwhelming me. I mean, it was, there was such an urgency. And so after service was done, I was pressing into the Lord, saying, Lord, what, what, what was that? What, why did you put this in my spirit and in my heart? Why, why are you placing such an urgency on me? And this is what he said to me. He said, be prepared. Be prepared. And I knew what he meant by the spirit because the moment God said to me, be prepared, it triggered another another thought or another word that God had given me. Be prepared. And I knew he meant that there's going to be people who begin to come to this place who need to be delivered. That there are people who are already here, who are here that need to be delivered by faith. And I knew he was saying to us as, as a church, you need to be prepared for it. You better be ready for it. You better watch, watch out for it. Not to be fearful of it, not to, no, no, no. But to understand how to bind it and how to get through it. And so I spent much of last week man, praying and fasting and talking to those who are close to me that I trust dearly and what God has done in their life and what God has marked them with. And man, they all said the same thing without me even saying anything. They said the same thing to me. I got an email saying I needed to do X, Y, and Z. I didn't see the email. I called the person that emailed me, never seeing the email, saying exactly what they emailed me before I could read the email. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's the spirit of God showing us that we need to have a spirit of preparedness for what he's wanting to do in us and through us. And so I spent most last week praying and and fasting, asking God, God, raise up a people with extreme faith. Raise up a people with extreme faith. And let me tell you, man, that's exactly what God is doing amongst us. And, and look, the reason, right, that the Lord wanted me to, to share it with all of you is because as we begin to see people being delivered by faith, we've got to understand it don't always look nice and neat. It doesn't. Church, it doesn't. I'm just telling you. It don't look all nice and neat. See, we've, we've turned church into this nice city. Like where we come, we're all prim and proper, right? And we're in our space. And I don't want nobody sitting too close to me, right? So I got to do multiple services so I can have my room and I got to put my purse here, my coat there. And, 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 we, and we've put on our Sunday best and this is how we've, we've, made, we've made church out to be. But see, that's not the way God intended it to be. See, we're coming seeking to be entertained or seeking something for ourselves, when God is calling us in here to help deliver those around us, not for something for ourselves, to, to, meet, to meet what we need all the time. We fail to realize a lot of times that there's this battle raging for souls, and it is raging hard. And here, here's, here's the thing, man. Battles get messy. Battles can get really ugly. And so, man, we need to be prepared for it, not allowing it to knock us off course. Oh, okay, yeah, they're being delivered. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. You start seeing people praying for other people. You begin to pray with them. Jesus, I pray right now you would have your way. That's all you do. Jesus, I pray you'd have your way. You join in that prayer moment. 
See, we need to be prepared as a church because God is trusting us to be a place of deliverance. I'm telling you. And it's going to be amazing. That's what he's doing. In Jesus' name. A place where the oppressed will come but leave completely set free. Completely set free. They'll leave out of here. A place where people will come possessed but leave delivered. Where they'll come and they'll be beat up, but when they leave out of here, they'll be built up. Ready to do what God has called them to do. Man, it's time for us to get prepared. In Jesus' name. See, in Jesus' time, listen to me, and I'm gonna be wrapping up right here in a minute, okay? But I think, but I think it's important. In Jesus' time, church wasn't pretty. It didn't look like this. It didn't. Listen, I, I like pretty church, by the way. I, I, I'm coming against myself here, by the way, because <laughs> I like what I like, you know what I mean? Like, but I'm really trying to get out of the way. I'm trying to get out of God's way and let God do what he wants to do. Because I don't want to be the reason because of my niceties and, and, and what I prefer to stand in the way of someone else being delivered. I do not want that. It wasn't nice in Jesus' time, but you know what it was? Always powerful. Always powerful. The sick were healed and the demons were cast out. They had to get the heck out of the land because Jesus was on the scene. It's amazing. And the Lord is desiring to pour that type of power out on his people in this day and in this age. We are in the last days and we're going to see efforts ramped all around, ramped up. And again, not to be fearful, but to be aware and know that our God is able. He is able. And he will complete the work that he has started in Jesus' name. And so God's telling us, man, we need to, we need to get ready as a church. We need to get ready because he's sending people who need him and he's gonna use us to lead them to him. Amen. What a beautiful call that is on our life. <laughs> man, we should be encouraged by that, strengthened by that, excited by that, that the lost will be found, that the bound will be set free, that the addicted will be completely set free in Jesus' name. Amazing. Be encouraged by it because this is what the Lord is doing in us and desires to do through us. There's so many people in our area, in this, in this region, who struggle with drug addiction, porn addiction, alcoholism, who struggle with all types of mental illnesses. And God wants a place for them to run, a refuge, a shelter from the storm, a place they can come in and allow God to do his work. And man, I, I don't know about you, I wanna be that place. I want this house to be that place. And so we need to get prepared. But you know, as I was, I was searching the heart of God on this and he was talking to me about us getting prepared and being ready for what he's gonna do on the earth and to be a people who pray and fast and seek after him. As I was searching the heart of the Lord about it, I began to think about Moses started thinking about Moses. And if you don't know the story of Moses, go and read the book of Exodus. I don't have time to go into every single detail, but this is what I, I felt in the moment. It's what I heard the Lord say in the moment as I was studying and praying. See, see Moses, he, he grew up in Egypt. He grew up there. He was raised there. 
And man, did he have a nice life. He had a very comfortable life, very comfortable. He had servants and he had all, anything that a man could ask for on the earth, Moses had it. It was his, it was given to him. But see, God, God had a purpose for Moses. He had a purpose. And the purpose was to use Moses to deliver the people from Egypt from 400 years of slavery. But first, God had to deliver Moses. He had to get the Egypt out of Moses before he could use Moses to go back into Egypt to get the people out of Egypt. He had to deliver Moses from the comforts of his own life, of his single focus on what was good for him and didn't care about anyone else. That's his people. 400 years his people were enslaved and here he is sitting in the lap of luxury, watching it, not even caring about it until one day God said, I got a purpose for you. But I need you to be delivered, Moses, before I can use you to deliver anybody. And so God takes him out into the wilderness. And it's there that God shows up to him and encounters him through a burning bush and it was right then that God delivered Moses and he got the Egypt out of Moses then sent Moses back into Egypt to deliver his people and when I felt like the Lord was saying to that saying that to me for us was see being delivered isn't always about being oppressed by a demon or being possessed by a demon it's also about being delivered from a fleshly mindset, from the comforts of our own life and in our own homes, from the comfort of our pew or our chair in this case. See, we've gotta be delivered by faith if we wanna see God use us to deliver others by faith. We gotta be delivered from our earthly and fleshly wants and desires the entire time. That's what God's trying to do in us and through us. Pull us out of the world to make us aliens and sojourners looking completely different than everybody else around us. We should look completely different, church. See, we need to be delivered by faith. And being delivered by faith is a daily occurrence. It's every day. See, Jesus says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. It's a daily thing. See, we need to be delivered by faith so that we can be sanctified for God. That's what sanctification is, church. It's being delivered by faith daily, daily, daily. See, what, what will end up happening is, is over time, right? When you first give your life to Christ, maybe you, I, I, I don't know, maybe you cuss a lot. And then all of a sudden, several months later, you, you, don't, you don't cuss no more. Maybe that you, you go and you go out to the bar every once in a while and have a, have a drink or whatever. All of a sudden you give your life to Jesus and you're delivered by faith and now you no longer even want to go to the bar because there's nothing there glorifying God. So nothing in me speaks to what is in there. So I'm going to knock that garbage off and I'm coming after Jesus. This is what it means to be delivered by faith. Before we come to Christ, we lie and we do things. All of a sudden we give our lives to Christ and we no longer want to lie. We're telling truth about every little thing. And the moment we do tell a lie, we got to go back and fix it. Hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I told you I left at 2.30. I actually left at 2. That was a lie. I'm dead serious. When I first gave my life to Jesus, I was such a liar. 
that I had to make sure that I told the truth and I said, I stuck to everything I said because man, that's a familiar spirit that will grab back a hold of you. So man, you gotta be clear and ruthless with the truth. Nope, actually I told you I did this when I actually did that, I'm sorry. And you feel like an idiot, by the way. And it makes you not do it again. This is being delivered by faith, church. And Jesus wants us to be delivered by faith. And what it means, another way to say it would be this, we've gotta be arrested by faith in order to be delivered by faith. To be delivered by faith is to be completely surrendered to faith. Whatever you wanna do, Jesus, because faith is a who, it's not a what, amen. Whatever you wanna do, Jesus, here I am. I surrender it all, I lay it all down. Take whatever you want from me. I give you it all for you have delivered us from the forces of darkness and called us into the kingdom of your son. It's amazing. Come on and stand to your feet, please. I really feel like we need to open the altars this morning for a little bit for as long as God wants to do whatever he wants to do. But, but I, think it's, I think it's really important because I feel like this morning, God wants to do something brand new in our lives. And, and again, it's not always about being possessed by a demon. It's about living a holy and righteous life, being holy as he is holy. That's what we're called to be, church, holy as he is holy. Laying down these fleshly things and these fleshly snares in order to press into God. Because hear me, the enemy can only work through your flesh. He cannot work through your spirit. Only God can do that. And so if we can, we can lay down the flesh, if we, can, if we can fight through the flesh by his spirit, then the enemy will have nothing on us. He won't be able to tempt us because there'll be nothing within us that testifies to the things he wants us to do. It won't be in us. So there's nothing to find. And so right now, Right now, we're just gonna, we're gonna open the altars here. And we're gonna believe God to begin to, to move on the hearts of people. Begin to draw us into a deeper place of intimacy. And listen, I'm telling you, this word was for me, man. I was like, Lord, forgive me, help me. Because we all fall short of the glory of God. And so, Lord, I need to be delivered by faith. I need it, Jesus. I need it, Jesus. So I can look more like you than I did yesterday, oh God. And that's what he wants to do today. And so right now the altars are open. And man, we're believing that God is going to do amazing things in you and through you today and in the days to come. So take this time, allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart. Father, I pray right now by the Spirit of God that you would begin to, to reveal to our hearts the things in our lives that we need to lay down, that we need to be delivered of right now in this moment. And I pray, Holy Spirit, as we walk out and we step to this altar, Father, in, in an act of obedience, that you would begin to pull those things from us, strengthen us to not ever go back to them once again, making us look a little more like you today. And I pray that right now, in Jesus' name, the altars are open.